Oh, the microphone probably would have helped. Who's all watching? Hey, Doobie, how are you guys? Oh, thank you. You like it? This whole thing. Child, I washed my hair and I was like, listen, the girls are getting natural today, okay? What are you up to, Boopskis? How's everything? How's everybody? Jasmine, hey! hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for agreeing to come on. I was so excited of to see course. you. I literally, since I had this idea, I was like, all right, I'm plotting with Sarita. Like, okay, I'm going to get Jasmine on there. I want her to be my anchor interview because she has so much wealth of knowledge. So I just want you to give everybody a little background. Um, tell us a little bit, bit about yourself and what inspired you to start Money and Mommy. Sure. So hi, everyone. I'm Jasmine. I'm from New Jersey. Um, I am married. I have kids. I have dogs. Um, and I work a nine to five as a quality engineer. And what inspired me to start Money and Momming was um, back in 2017, my husband and I got married and we realized that combining incomes, you know, like we were making decent money, but we were like, where is it all going? Like we didn't have a lot extra, you know, after we would put some into savings and then we were traveling a lot too. So we decided to take a look at all of our debt together and figure out a plan to pay it off. So at the time my page was like an anonymous, um, more like a tracker for us to be able to like start paying off debt and everything. And then in 2019, I was pregnant with my twins and I went through the IVF process. And so during that, I didn't see much inspiration or, um, like other black women I can relate to going through the IVF process. And so with that also being a costly um, procedure and, um, you know, infertility treatments being so expensive, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll, you know, start to document this process as well. Then I found out I was having twins. And yeah. so I was like, okay, so that's where the momming part comes in. I already have a son. Um, and, you know, I want to document more like what life will be like with twins. And then unfortunately my daughters came at 25 weeks and five days. Yes. So then this whole NICU experience, um, right at the beginning of COVID kind of derailed the plans. And I'm like, okay, once we get home, like maybe it's something I'll still do. And then unfortunately one of my daughters passed away when they were six weeks old. Um, but you know, through all of that, like in our journey and stuff, I still wanted to share and talk about my experience, um, especially on the mom side, because we see all these mom bloggers that are showing their highlight reel, um, you know, pictures of family. Perfect. Yeah, everything looks so perfect. <laughs> but you know, what about the the ugly side of parenting as well? And then how that all fits in with how we budget our money as moms, how we save, how we invest for our futures, and how that looks a lot different from somebody who doesn't have kids. Yeah. So if you can just share a little bit about your IVF, what I know you already have a son, Elijah, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So what inspired you and Lou to pursue IVF? Did, so, you guys, did you want to time your pregnancy or did you want multiples? Um, neither. Um, so <laughs> okay. um, I dealt with what's called secondary infertility. So I had my son when I was 20 years old. I got pregnant at 19, had him when I was 20, um, previous relationship. And then just over time, you know, bodies change and things happen. And I just couldn't ovulate regularly. Um, and so we found out that we had to do the IVF process. We got married and we tried that whole first year and it just wasn't happening. So I found out that we 
you know, our best bet would be IVF. And it just so happened that that uh, does give you a higher chance of multiples and we end up with twins. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a blessing. Definitely was a blessing. Um, so um, I know that you came from a hardworking family. You mentioned that um, you and your husband both work um, and you also started this business as a way to keep track of expenses. Now, I'm a little bit more familiar with your background. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen like from a financial standpoint as like a kid that were maybe made you grateful that you were exposed to those things? Because I'll just tell you a little tidbit of a story, right? A little tea, a little background tea. <laughs> I remember we were kids. I was trick-or-treating with Janissa. Oh, so okay. we came to your house. And I was like, holy crap, this house is amazing. And it was so beautiful. But I mean, when we get into finances and things like that, a lot of people think that if I if I don't have a certain amount of money, if I didn't come from two family household, um, you know, finances is always going to be a struggle for me. Are that what are the things that you were exposed to that you're grateful for? And how important do you think it is that we expose our kids to certain things and certain financial information? Yeah, I'll start by saying that. Your adult kids, though, will make decisions um, and what they don't, what you don't learn from instruction, you learn from experience. So any financial trouble I got myself into was myself. So <laughs> yeah. my parents, phenomenal people, um, always have been like just, I never heard about any money problems. Um, I always had everything I needed. Um, my parents put me through college. I had a car. Um, I graduated 100% debt free. So like my parents did everything they were supposed to do in terms of financial education and also um, doing extra for you know their adult kids. Um, but after I graduated college, you know, I got my big girl job and I deserved a brand new car. Absolutely. Right? Like that's something that we talked about. <laughs> like I, I deserve this brand new car. Um, you know, at the time making $45,000, I'm gonna go buy a $30,000 car. And my dad told me, like, don't do it. You know, it depreciates, you know, all the things that a parent would tell you. And I was just like, nope. So then he had the audacity to drive me to the dealership and allow me to go get this car. I blame him still. Um, <laughs> and I, I bought this brand new car um, mm -hmm. because I just told myself I deserved it. And that's where I kind of started to um, try to keep up with the lifestyle that my parents gave me, not realizing that I don't mm. have the money um, you know, or the experience that my parents had to maintain right. the lifestyle that they gave me. And so um, that was a big disconnect for me. And I think um, one of the disadvantages was seeing like all the success at the end and not really being in touch with how they handled money was a little bit difficult for me. So one of the things I'm doing differently now is that with my son, he's 11, you know, I talked to him about what we're budgeting for, what we're paying for. I've talked to him about um, as we're paying off debt, what we're paying and why and why it's important to pay that off. I talked to him about like, even when planning like fun things like our vacations and trips, um, you know, I'm looking ahead at spring break next year and he's like, oh, mom, can we go next month? No, like I need time <laughs> right. to plan. And like, this is why we have to plan, you know, in advance to make sure that it's paid for in cash. And that way when we come home, we're not still paying on something. Um, yeah. So that's the disconnect. Um, that I realized that's a gap I wanted to fill for my own kids is being more transparent about it. Um, but also learning to, you know, live within my means. I was trying to live within my mom and dad's means at the time. And that okay. wasn't working for me at like 21, 22. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was. 
Yeah, you know I definitely agree. Um, I've got a 10 going on 11-year-old, going on 18-year-old, really, and she just tells me what to buy, and I pretty much get it. But now I, I'm kind of following that same formula of being a little bit more transparent, like, hey, listen. And it's starting with small things, like, hey, don't eat the 36-pack of chips because they are now $20 at the market, <laughs> and right. I'm not buying this every other day. <laughs> so I think it's important that we do have um, these transparent um, discussions about finances with our kids, because, mm -hmm. you know, the kids, like you said, we they can get into this thing, well, I, we don't have money problems. And it's like, well, just because you're getting it for free doesn't mean that it's free, right? Right. Um, but, you know, I try to be careful because I try to have a balance of where I don't want them to be overburdened with, oh, we're poor, we're lacking, we're we're struggling, this and that. But I also try to keep it a little bit realistic. And I think that's important. Even I have a, my, my oldest son, Aiden, now he is 16. He starts trade school next month. So now I've got to think cars. I've got to think right. college you know, expenses. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to have to have a sit down. And we kind of did already um, just to get a little bit realistic um, and transparent about what's going on in the bank account and with the piggy banks here. Um, I think, so, um, not to cut you off, but I was going to say, no, no, no. in tune with that, I think the language that we use is very important. So Good. one thing I'll never say in front of my kid is we can't afford that. Yeah. I'll either tell him that's not in the budget right now, or I'll ask him, what ways can you make money to afford that? Because I think a lot of people in their brains, they think budget, they think cut, cut, cut. And I don't know why we're so trained for that. But once I shifted my mindset to, okay, how can I make more money? The money came flowing in, the opportunities came flowing in. And when you focus on making more money, um, obviously, you know, trying to get your finances together is gonna come with some sacrifice, but I don't think it should be bare bones. You can't enjoy anything, right? But right. focusing on making more money, um, that's what I teach to my kids. Definitely. I was reading this, um, this book the other day and there was a quote in it. Um, I think it was from like Elon Musk and I'm not like the hugest Elon Musk fan, but he was saying that it's easier to make an extra 10 K a month than to save 10 K a month. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. So it would be easier to find a, another way to generate income as opposed to chopping down what we already have, because that's 100%. pretty much what we're living off of. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. So back to money and momming. I'm I love the brand and everything it stands for. What do you think your overall goal is for the other moms that come across your blog, come across your pages? Um, what do you want them to get from the information you provide? Um, free financial education. That's what I'm trying to put out to people. So I don't charge people for things like I've tried the one-to-one -one coaching and stuff, but it just it didn't feel right for me um charging people to learn about something that we should have learned about in school and so i charge brands for sponsorships and um you know i've set up my blog to get the blog income i do affiliate marketing things like that but i want wow. to give people free financial education on how to live a life on a budget that's balanced though so that way you know you can take the vacation you can go to the nice dinner you can get your hair and nails done but you can also make sure your bills are paid. You can throw extra at debt and you can start investing for the future. That's amazing. And I shared one of your quotes earlier and it was a list of things that you were going to do to kind of rein in your debt, but also two very important things that you're like, listen, these are not coming off the table. I'm still traveling and I'm still going to be putting coins to the side to invest. And I Absolutely. think it's important that people um, recognize that because like you said earlier, budgeting doesn't mean like cut, cut, cut. 
it can mean just you're going to have to get a little bit more creative in what you put towards what, and also to be more um, more hands-on. Because I feel like it's easier to get outside of your budget when you're like, oh, the bill is here. I'm not going to look at it. I am I literally am working on that right now because, honey, when the bills come for this house, I'll be like, child, what does it say? Like, I'll be reading it over here. Like, I don't want to see it. But it's easier if you're just like, okay, listen, this is what's due. Let me pay this on time so that the late fees and stuff don't occur, right? Because yep. then that's costing me more money. Then I'm out, then I'm out of bounds. Then the money that I could have spent just paying this bill, I'm now spending almost double because I've got fees, I've got this, I've got that. And the panic and emotional stress that sets in because I don't wait until the cutoff date to pay this bill. So I have gotten out of that. The Lord is still working on me in that aspect. Um, so for, for, for moms that are, you know, kind of feel like they're just barely getting by, right? Because things are tough kind of right now. Out in the world, people are working really hard and they're not being paid enough money uh, in any industry, really. Right. How do you communicate budgeting to them in a in a way that doesn't seem like, girl, I'm already not making enough money. Like, how can I set anything aside? I'm barely making it. Well, having been there, right, um, this was a time when I was a single parent. So my son's dad and I, we had broken up. I was living on my own with my son. He was in daycare and we all know daycare tuition is, is disgusting. Highway um, and I was relying on child support at that time as part of my income to, you know, help fund all these things, you know, my living expenses, food, tuition for him, um, things like that. And so I've been there in that position where not only am I not making enough in my own, um, you know, my own salary and my own like, you know, endeavors, but also I'm relying on somebody else for money. Um, yeah. And when, if that stops or you don't have control over that, um, that puts you in a very scary position, right? So sure. the first thing I tell people is you wanna make sure that you have your four corners in order and that is your housing. You need to make sure you have a roof over your head at all times. You're gonna make sure that you have food that you and your kids are eating. You're gonna make sure you have transportation to get to where you gotta to get to. And you're gonna make sure you have clothes on your back. It don't have to be Nike. It don't have to be designer. It doesn't have to be, you know, make sure you have clothes on your back. Those four things you wanna take care of first, no matter what. So the um, four pillars, you guys, like she just said, housing, shelter, you, wherever you live, wherever you lay your head. Food. You got to have food in the house. So make sure you have that covered. You said, what was the third Transportation. one? Transportation. Transportation. You got to get from point A to point B. And then the last one? Clothing. Clothing. Make sure, yep, you, make sure clothing you have, you got a winter coat. I don't care if it came from Burlington Coat Factory, Walmart, wherever you got to do, do it. Make sure you're taken care of. So those four cornerstones. as So those would be qualified, I guess we can say, as like necessities, right? Absolutely. Those so you make first. sure your necessities are covered. Yep. And then you want to work towards a place where um, you're starting to put aside for an emergency fund because things happen, especially if you have kids. Kids, they're always doing something. Like we were just at urgent care last week because he bent his finger back playing football and needed a whole like wrist thing. Like kids are always doing something. So you need an emergency fund. But you're like, okay, well, I can't save, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm down to the wire. 
Well, that's where your budget comes in. And when you write out your expenses versus what you have coming in, you might have to make some cuts right now and it's, it's temporary, but it's necessary. And making those cuts and writing everything out, it'll help you see what to cut back on. And I know for like me personally, my number one thing is definitely takeout, is eating out. Like the first thing I look at if I feel like I've been spending too much money, okay, well, instead of me stopping at Starbucks every day because I'm guilty for that um, when I <laughs> drop my kids off, I'm gonna buy like my Starbucks at shot right and make my coffee at home. Or I'm going to try to make sure I cook Monday through Thursday, and then we'll just eat out Friday and Saturday, and I'll cook again on Sunday. Start with that. And then also with your groceries, paying attention to how much you're spending. Try shopping at a place like Aldi um, versus ShopRite or Acme, because Acme is crazy high, um, and groceries in general are really expensive. So make that money stretch. Um, and any extra for that, you want to start putting towards an emergency fund to have that because anytime some type of financial um, emergency or something happens and impacts you, it's more of an inconvenience impact versus a full-on crisis mode because you don't have the money to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so getting on that budget, finding your extra money, and getting your emergency fund set, those would be the first three things I would say to someone who feels like um, you know, they don't have much wiggle room. And also, it doesn't have to be a, a lot. You don't have to put 100 to savings every paycheck. Um, yeah. Work your way up. And it needs to be realistic because if you're going to put it to savings and transfer it right back, then you're you're putting too much towards that. Um, yeah. I initially started at like $25 a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And then because I was very much a spender at that time. And then now it's set and forget. Like I don't even... I've set my direct deposit up where a portion goes into my savings and it's just, it is what it is. And I don't feel like I miss out on it. Um, but you have to work your way up to that and get that discipline as well. Awesome. I think that's important too. Having things automated is a big help because you're not tempted to say, well, do I really, you're not tempted to question yourself. Like, do I really need to put it aside? Yeah. Oh, I might have a little overtime coming. I'll just spend it now. And then next thing you know, you haven't put your money uh, to the side the way yep. you plan to. So I know that the thing that the, the economy is going crazy right now, right? And everybody's talking about, are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? Um, what are some things that you would recommend that us moms do to set our families up in case things go absolutely crazy? For me, um, I started gardening and just because I always wanted to garden. So I'm like a little fake farmer right now, but I feel like that would save me. If I didn't have to buy produce, number one, I don't have to go to the market every week. And then I don't have to increase my budget to buy a whole bunch of canned stuff that's probably going to sit in the, the cabinet and collect dust. I can just right. eat. We can eat what we need when we have it. Um, and I also shop at like discount stores now. Um, and I'm really loving that. And also, I only go grocery shopping when there's a good 10 for 10. I love a good 10 for 10 because I will go in there and rack up on stuff that we might not even eat every day. But at least I'm filling the pantry up in case everything, you know, in case we do hit a hard spot. And it's like, well, at least I know I got food. What are some ways that you uh, would suggest that um, the mom that's budgeting right now and that's working and maybe single or not, um, put some things to the side for this this market volatility? Um, I would say don't try to time the market. I mean, things bounce back always. So recession or not, I'm going to do the same things I've been doing. And that looks like I'm getting my employer match on my 401k, right? That's first. If they're giving free yes. money, take the free money. I don't care if it's a 2% match, get the 2% match. If it's a 10% match, get that 10% match. 
let's kind of piggyback off of that right now because mm -hmm. I remember I know a lot of people that a lot of our viewers they they are employees of like big giant companies Amazon uh, the government and they get these papers for 401ks and things like that at the beginning of their employment right and they fill it all out but they really don't understand the options they don't understand all the stuff for the IRAs and the stock options and stuff like that can you just maybe like make it a little digestible for them so that they can see like when you get these jobs what are you supposed to be selecting when they give you these packets of papers and you just start signing your life away sure well i'm not a certified financial advisor so this is just yes. we're not doctors do. we just play them on tv <laughs> so this is what i do get educated on your own you when know, i get those papers right so i'm gonna look at what is the percent match on a 401k or okay. if you work for like um, like some schools, or there might be a 403B, but either way, that's a retirement account to set you up in the future. Um, I look at what the match is initially, and that's what I'm going to put into my 401k. So if I put in, say, 5% into my 401k, that company is going to match that dollar for dollar, another 5%. So then 10% is going into my 401k every year. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'm going to do first. And then after that, out of my regular paycheck, right? Let's say um, I've been budgeting for a while. Um, I have my emergency fund set and like, I'm pretty comfortable with, you know, the money that I have working for me and I have a little bit left over. Well, then I'm going to look into a Roth IRA. And right now the contribution limits for 2022 are $6,000. Um, and then next year is going up to 6,500, but I'm going to put, you know, up to or some of $6,000 into a Roth IRA, and then I'm going to invest that money. Um, okay. And that's, those would be the two I would start with. And then from there, you can move into taxable brokerage accounts and things like that. But you want to make sure that you still have, you need to have an, uh, an emergency fund before you like do all the extra investing, right? Like right. anything outside of my employer 401k, like I'm not going to do that until I have my emergency fund because if it hits the fan, I need something that's quick and accessible that I can exactly. transfer over. It takes less than 24 hours and I yes. can pay for what I need to handle. Absolutely. And there are some kind of there there's penalties associated if you pull money out early with those accounts. So it is kind of more like a long term thing. Yep. Tax penalties okay. and extra fees that you don't want to incur. Um, Absolutely. And you, you lose out on that compound interest over years as well. Yeah. So but when you guys are setting this up. Thinking long-term, if you know you're going to be with a company for a while, go ahead make sure you're getting matched correctly. Check out the, the percentages, like Jasmine said, and make sure you're asking questions. If you don't um, understand something, take a minute to call a CPA or somebody who is certified with financial dealings because this literally could mean the difference between you retiring and having to eat cat food or like retiring and being comfortable after you work and given a company a lot of your life and a lot of your time. So make sure you guys are taking care of business on that. Ask the questions for things you don't understand. So now that we've got the technicalities out the way, first of all, girl, I seen that Goyard bag. Mm -hmm. I'm a bad girl. When I see yeah. the Goyard bag, I just wanted you for a second to take your foot off my neck because I'm like a <laughs> Chanel girl. But when I see the Goyard, I'm like, okay, Jasmine's not out here playing any games. I gotta step my stuff up. She's not playing. I think you were on vacation. It was giving like rich wife vibes. So what are some fun things that you can splurge on responsibly um, that still hold their value? For me, I'm a purse. I, 
you know, I'm a fashion girl. You know, I so I don't buy bags too often. The Goyard mm-hmm. was a gift for my okay. husband. But um so now you did good. I said, wow, <laughs> look at that bag. I was I like, mean, I, I steered him in the right direction. Yeah, so um I don't I don't buy too many things much anymore. Okay. Um I will say buy buy what you like, what's important to you. So for me, I like fine dining and I like going on vacation. So you don't really see much. You know, I don't post too many photos of me out every weekend or anything because I'm at home on my couch watching TV. But when it's time to go, we're going to go. And so like earlier this summer, we took the kids to Beaches, Turks and Caicos. And that was like my dream vacation. I remember seeing commercials of that when I was a kid. And I was always like, oh, I'm going to go here one day. And to be able to take my kids, it was, I'm ready to go back. Like, I don't need to go anywhere else in the world. I will go to Beaches, Turks and Caicos every time. Um. So I like to spend my fun money um, and splurge on vacations and those experiences either with my husband or when we take our kids. Um, But I mean, I do have my eye on some bags, you know, but I just, at this point, I can't bring my- Let's discuss. (laughs) I'm putting together a fall wardrobe. I'm like, girl, am I gonna do it this? Because Coach has some really cute stuff this season. And I'm like, I mean, Coach is not really like in the higher mm-hmm. upper price points. So I'm like, I really could like get like four or five bags. But then I'm like, well, you know, is it going to appreciate value? I really like Chanel because Chanel, it, I had a whole debate with somebody on Twitter one time because they were like, I'd rather uh, give a girl a business than buy her a bag. Right. Do you remember what that whole thing? business? It was so <laughs> ashy. I'm like, oh, this is ashy energy. First of all, let me tell you a little bit about this. So Chanel appreciates over time, right? The Chanel, the Goyards, the Louis Vuittons, the those higher end brands, they actually appreciate. So right. when you buy those things, even though it seems like a frivolous expense, you could, those bags retain their value. And if you ever hit a hard spot, put it on Poshmark, bam, and I'd have made money and I'm going to get more money than I need, you know, than I spent or, you know what I mean? back from mm-hmm. selling the bag. So I was having a whole debate because a business may or not may or may not work out. You know what I mean? Right. 50% of the business, business is a lot. It's a lot. It's not just like, oh, got an LLC. It's like, girl, then what? But, you know, certain things that you spend money on, they actually accumulate value. I like your point about the vacations because I actually believe that one of the things if we do splurge our money should be on experiences. Right, because those are we're creating memories, those kind of things are priceless. You took your kids to Turks and Caicos, that's major, you know what I mean? There's so many people who haven't been able to even take their kids out of the state, you know what I mean? So it's like that's a big deal, and that's something that the kids will be able to have and uh remember forever. Well, baby girl, when she gets a little bit older, I'm sure you'll have more experience. Oh, yeah, she showed her tail <laughs> the entire time, and um, good food, and good but- food. You yeah, know, but either way, go out and spend whether, the money. whether it's shoes, bags, cars, vacations, whatever is important to you, don't feel guilty about it if you're not going into debt over it and mm. you plan for it. So that, yeah. that would be like my two major things for that. And that's what um, I really love about budgeting is the idea of what's called a sinking fund. So okay. a sinking fund is basically um a savings account for a known upcoming expense so i talk about 
these a lot on my blog and on my um, Instagram page because like I'm obsessed, they changed my life. So like right now, the sinking fund that I'm prioritizing is for Christmas. I started saving for Christmas in May. I go from May until Black Friday, so that way come Black Friday, I can go out and do all my shopping and it's guilt-free. So that way come January, I'm not paying off credit cards from Christmas or, you know, I'm not like draining my bank account and then January, I got to play catch up on December bills because that used to be me, you know, and me as well. Definitely. It's it's stressful. It's (laughs) so stressful. And that shouldn't be a stressful time. Um, Same thing with travel. Like we know that we want to go somewhere during spring break. I'm already looking, getting pricing. And that's something I'm starting to put away for starting in October because it'll take me, uh, it'll take us six months to spring break from October. So I just plan out, um, you know, when I want to do something and I set a timeline that's realistic for me and, you know, with the cost. Um, And that's what I do. So even if it's like a bag or something that's really expensive, that's out of your day to day, um, you know, even like my spa days, like I love going to the spa. I try to get a massage every four to six weeks. So those weeks I'm putting aside, you know, 25 to $50 to have so I can splurge maybe for the 90 minute massage instead of the 60, you know, it's only the planning action in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, (laughs) nothing that I do is, um, spontaneous as much with my spending anymore, because that's something that I realized, you know, that's what gets you in trouble because you're looking at your account and thinking, oh, like, it's fine. It's fine. Then Monday comes and everything that was pending comes out and then you have no money and then you're transferring from your savings back to checking and then you're, it's a cycle. So it really comes down to the planning and having some discipline and not going into debt for these things. Yes. And, and as an entrepreneur, I definitely had to learn how to think a little bit further ahead and also not be so spontaneous with the spending. Because in my mind, I used to be like, oh, let me tell you, guilty, transparency moment. It was trifling, y'all. My mindset was like, Um, I would be like, I have X amount of dollars in the bank, right? I want to do this. It's going to cost $500. Okay. I can spend this $500 because I have six appointments next week. And six appointments, six hair appointments at like $200 a pop, I'm going to make $1,000 next week. That's great. I can afford to spend this $500. Well, guess what? I would spend the $500 and then next week will come. My appointments will cancel. (laughs) Something would come up. The kids would be sick. And then the $1,000 a week that I was projecting to have uh, turns into like a $300 week. And now I'm $200 in the negative behind the $500 that I spent. You know what I mean? So yeah, I we can't spend money that you haven't touched and that you don't have either. And that's the thing, um, you know, I try to talk to you about credit cards because one thing I really like is using the rewards to travel as mm-hmm. well. So like, what card do you um, have that, what, I'm sorry, what card do you recommend for travel rewards? Um, Chase Sapphire card, like the Capital One Venture card and an Amex Platinum card. They all have great travel rewards programs. I've heard, um, I've heard really great stuff about Amex for the travel. Yeah, stuff. and if, especially like, what I love about it is, you know, I have a kid that does sports and sometimes he needs to travel. So like they, he and my husband just went to North Carolina for the junior Olympics. And I mean, unfortunately we didn't get to compete um, due to like some extra nonsense there, but I didn't feel like it was much of a loss because we pay for it with points. And, but you have to be disciplined with paying your credit card off every month in order to get the points, maintain them and continue to be able to use them. Um, And so if you're spending money before you have it, 
then you don't need a credit card. You don't need a rewards card or anything like that. But if you are disciplined um, with paying off your credit cards and being able to, you know, facilitate and use them properly, I definitely recommend getting some type of travel rewards credit card. Amazing. That's a really good point that you brought up. I just, I follow um, Robin Sells Atlanta on Instagram and I've, she's um, a star of a show called Ladies Who List Atlanta. She's a realtor and she got a call this week. They're having a housing crisis down here at the dorms and all of the like HBCUs, lots of renovations going on. So kids are literally getting to their dorm. The dorms are not inhabitable. They are complete. They're completely like stranded here. So they get here. They either have to go to a hotel or their parents have to scramble to like rent an apartment. And there was a lady who she put on her uh, Instagram that the rent is so high in Atlanta right now that the mom literally was like, well, if you cannot find a house under this budget, let's just buy one. So I think that paying attention to your credit is so important. Like you said, your son got an opportunity to go down to the Junior Olympics. Whether he competed or not, that's awesome. That's a great opportunity and experience for him to have as a young man. So imagine not being able to accommodate him. You know what I right. mean? It's literally on you. It's And then having to explain, well, we don't have the money for that. And it's, it's nothing wrong if you can't jump to every little thing, right? Because we can't do right. everything. But if you put yourself in a position where your kids will be like, well, I have an opportunity to go do this. And they're like, okay, fine. The kid has an opportunity to come down here and go to college. And you're like, well, fine. I can't find a condo to rent. Let's just buy one. It's cheaper. Like to be able to make those kind of calls and not be like, well, now I'm going to be homeless or now I'm going to be stressed out about it because I'm trying to accommodate my kid. I think that makes taking these steps even more important um, when you think about it that way. So let's see here. Oh, another question about the, the fun stuff, right? So what are your favorite things to invest in? Um, my favorite things to invest in. Myself. Yeah, like, do you have any favorite stocks myself. or any favorite apps or programs or anything like that? Oh. That you... <laughs> <laughs> say, my favorite thing to invest in is me. Um, so I'm going to make sure like I'm happy and I have what I need. Um, yeah. That is the most, so yeah, the most important return on investment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like ETFs, so they're exchange traded funds because they span like across um, a bunch of different industries and you can kind of get your hand in a little bit of everything. Cool. Um, so, and that's, it's just very easy. Another like set and forget type of thing. Um, not even gonna lie, like my dad helps me figure all this stuff out and like my brokerage account and how to do that because it's still, um, investing can be, it can be a little bit intimidating if you don't understand like all the terms, um, all of the different stocks and options. And you know, there's index fund, there's mutual funds, there's ETS, there's stocks, there's bonds. And it's just something that I get overwhelmed with and I'm not fully comfortable like 100% doing that myself. But there's plenty of people out there that teach investing. Um, it's a lot of stuff on YouTube. There's yeah. people that um, you know I've met in the financial community like Janice from Yo Quiero Dinero podcast um there's tori dunlap from her first 100k those are two women that are really giving that uh financial education in terms of investing and i think they're both great starting points for that awesome awesome so you guys look into efts i would add more but i don't know crap about that i would you know i had to make <laughs> trying to explain like that whole the market to me and i think what i do best is um i don't have a brokerage account yet right but I do the little self-starter apps, the little Robin Hoods and the little 
um, crypto.coms, and I kind of just do the self-service thing. So I make it a little $50 here, put it into this and, you know, see what it does. I don't do anything to kind of expect to get rich quick, but um, I think that would be cool too if people kind of just like look into things, but a brokerage account is where you want to go. If you're really looking to make solid investments, long-term investments, you want to make sure you have great information. And she provided some really good in, uh, resources. Um, let me see here. So back to the cards. Which accounts, be it checking, or we can start with checking. What should we look for when we are at the bank and they're offering us the checking accounts? You want to make sure that it's something with low fees. Okay. Or no fees. Um, you want to make sure that your ATM fees, if they if they do have them, that there's something reasonable, right? Your ATM fee shouldn't be over like $3. Um, your checking account, you need to check what the minimums are for the account that you need to have. Some accounts, they will charge you if you go under $100. Um, if that's something that is tough for you to keep in your account, um, you might either want to get in the habit of, well, you always want to get in the habit of keeping a buffer in your account, but also you want to make sure that you are able to sustain that buffer and not go under that threshold. Um, so those would be my top things for a checking account. Checking accounts are pretty straightforward. Um, you know, you can go with a big bank, you can go with a credit union. It really doesn't matter. Just don't overdraft your account because that's giving the bank free money. They make billions of dollars a year. Pretty much like you pay to be poor. Like if you don't have money in your account, like you're going to get charged for that. Like it's very expensive <laughs> to be poor. It yeah. really is. It's very it expensive is. to be poor. It's very expensive to be close to poor or not have money. And it sucks, you know, because people don't need overdraft fees. They need help. They need more money. Like, Throw us another stimmy, something. Like, Listen, give us a little, give us a little something. On, you know what I mean? Yeah. With if I didn't have it in there, like, why y'all gonna charge me a fee? I didn't have that. I didn't have the eight dollars. Exactly. Now gonna charge me thirty dollars for the eight dollars I didn't have. Like, okay. Yeah. But keeping it's that account crazy. buffer is, um, you know, something I definitely recommend. Whether you have that one hundred dollar minimum or not, um, set a buffer that's sustainable for you. Um, and have that be your baseline zero. So that way you avoid overdrafting. Yes, that's great advice. I know my son just got his first experience with real world bank. Um, I got him a green dot account, nothing major, something prepaid, he puts little paychecks in it. And um, he texted me the other day, a screenshot and he's, he's negative $7. And he's like, mom, does this negative mean that I owe them $7? And I said, yes. I said, you have to keep at least $7 in your account every month to not be charged the fee. And he's just like, oh, man. So when I put my, my check in there, they're going to take $7? Yeah, that's how the real world works. So make sure you are keeping your buffer amount in there, guys. Have you learned about taxes yet? <laughs> Woo! No. Because <laughs> you. <laughs> No, I probably will go into, I probably will have another real conversation with him. He turns 18 next year, right? So he's already on my credit card. So I'm already kind of trying to, you know, beef up his little profile and um, do all the things. So we'll probably get into a little bit more of the meat and potatoes of like the real world stuff when he does. I know we did have to fill out for taxes on his W-2. 
Um, so mm-hmm. I, but I did most of the heavy lifting on that because he was just like, Well, what does this mean? I, just, I don't got time to explain it to you. I'm like a very poor, <laughs> I'm not a teacher, okay? That's not my ministry. So when we were trying to fill it out, I'm like, Listen, just give me the paper, I'm just gonna do it. And um, <laughs> so yeah, so that that worked out like that. Oh, we have a con, we have comments. I'm sorry, guys, we are not ignoring y'all. We were just chat, chat, chatting away. Uh, let's see. Twitty said, "Grow him some Brussels sprouts." I sure will, bro. I got you. I actually just planted some. Sonia said, "Experiences, yes. Yeah, so experiences win for the the fun money. Pay for the experiences. That's the stuff that you know. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't have a monetary value." Jessica said, "We're doing amazing. Thank you, Jess. Love you." Sarita says, "Just a note on bank fees. Check with HR at work. They may partner with a bank who offers low to no fees with direct deposit." Mine does, and it's a huge help. They waive ATM fees and refund fees charged by the ATM merchant. Those three dollars and two uh, two dollars and fifty cent charges add up. They do. I'm I, listen. Okay. I will ride all around until I find me a free ATM, and I don't care if I'm. <laughs> I'm going to save that three dollars. Y'all ain't getting my three dollars. But yeah. So with that, you can also check if your company has like just discount programs in general. Like okay. we get a discount on daycare. We get a, like a ten percent day discount with my daughter's daycare. Wow. Um, I get an AT&T discount. I get an Apple discount. Like, Look and that's just because like I, I had to like dig through like folders and see like, oh, we nice. have affiliate programs with them. So like ask your HR people, like, especially if you work for one of these bigger companies too, like an Amazon, Walmart, Target, ask them if they have discount programs with other companies. Definitely. Check into your discount perks, y'all. Get all the goodies. They are there for you. You're not asking for anything extra. You're entitled to it as an employee of that company. Um, so what about savings? So we get into savings. It's a little bit more um, trickier, especially if people don't understand interest and how that all works. So what would you recommend yeah. for a savings account? A high yield savings account. So that's something like, yep, okay. that's like a capital one or an ally bank. Um, I personally love ally. And for a few reasons. So their interest rates are going up uh, almost to the pre-pandemic rates. Um, I think they're at like a 1.5% now. And what that means is the money that you have in your bank account, um, like over the year, you're going to gain another 1.5% just in money from them. And they're going to put that in your bank account. Okay. Um, So if you have... The bank is giving you to keep your money in the account. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. And what I also like about Ally, because I'm a very um, like detailed person, I need to see labels on everything because if all the money's in one pot, then I'm just, I'm like, oh, I have money and I'm gonna go spend it all. So um, and so <laughs> I like that they have what's called the buckets feature and you okay. can allocate money to different buckets. So they have like emergencies, vacations, pets, kids, mm-hmm. um, taxes. And they also have ones where you can just name them yourself and you can put allocate your money out of your one account into different buckets so you know how much money goes for each category. That's awesome. And that would probably be a lot easier than people. There's People have resorted in the finance um, blogs that I follow to doing the envelope method, which is kind of like old school. I am not a cash girl. I cannot keep money in different envelopes because every time I have an expense, I'm going to be like, well, I got the $70 in that envelope. Let me just go. Yeah. I'm borrowing from envelopes, right? It's trifling. So that would be a great a great option for people. Um, Ally, and you said? Uh, Capital one? one. Capital um, One. Goldman Sachs has one, I believe. Okay. But yeah, Capital One and Ally are like two of the like 
and the financial community too are like the best ones. Awesome. I'm so an ally. Definitely look into that. Sarita says she loves ally too. Um, Sonia wants to know your thoughts on savings with credit unions. What's their interest rate? If the interest rate is comparable, then it doesn't matter. But like, you're not going to get the same interest rate with like a PNC or TD bank. Their interest okay. rate is not going to be one and a half to 2%. It's just not on savings. So in order to capitalize on that free money from them, um, I'm going to go with a high yield savings account. Definitely. Definitely. So let's see. So, we're, okay. So we got into checkings. We got into savings. What are some of your, I am, I like to think of myself as boo-frugal. So <laughs> I'm a little bit bougie, a little bit frugal. So um, what are some of your favorite discount sites or apps that you use that kind of make daily expenses a little bit more manageable for you guys? Um, This is tough because I don't, I can tell you what I used to use. I don't do the apps anymore where you scan the receipt. Um, I don't click coupons anymore okay. um, just because it's time consuming. I'm to the point now where, again, I'm focused on making more money so I can pay for things that offer me convenience. Um, okay. And I think that's something that I want everybody to strive for, honestly. Like, well, the perspective the needs to shift. Instead yeah. of finding ways to cut expenses, we need to look at ways to generate more income so that we don't have to worry about clipping Absolutely. the coupon because that but, is a lot of time it is very time consuming yeah but the apps that i used to use i used ibotta and fetch um okay. to scan my receipts and get cash back um i know like ShopRite, they have like the coupons that you can add right there in the store but typically like, the coupons you have to buy like five or something to even get like 15 yeah. cents off so it doesn't really doesn't do much um, yeah. I thought and I was when I was realizing, like, yeah, like those discounts, it wasn't a lot. I was only saving okay. like twenty, you know, twenty to fifteen dollars maybe um, on a good day. And so, again, I really want to push, um, focusing on trying to make more money. There's side hustles. There's other jobs you can do. There's 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 money to be made. There's things you can do. Yes. Like for instance, I talk about like with money and momming. I said like all my content is free. I'm gonna charge people for that, but I'm gonna charge these brands to promote their stuff. I'm going to make ad income from my blog. Um, you know, so when people interact with my blog and my content or my YouTube channel, that generates okay. income for me. And that's something that's passive. Like I haven't been as active on Instagram lately, but Meta is sending me a check for reels that I made two months ago. So, yeah. you know, trying to generate something that I don't have to, you know, hold physical inventory for or like be very active in it. Um, is good for me because I do have a full-time job and I have kids and stuff. I don't have time to, yes. you know, post all day and stuff. Um, yes. I get in, you know, sometimes I get in a groove and I'm good for like a month and I, you know, I want to do it and I'm more active. And of course that drives business up. Um, yeah. But, you know, I can kind of take a back seat, but there's, there's plenty of side hustles out there. You can freelance. I see that being, I'm like a virtual assistant. People make, you can make six figures being a virtual assistant. Listen, um, and there's I plenty have... of people who need those. Yeah, I have a virtual, okay, let me tell y'all, I'm, I'm spilling tea tonight. I have a virtual assistant company. So, and it doesn't require me to do a whole bunch. It was really like, um, I did it because I just wanted to generate some extra income and I wanted something that I didn't have to like stand over. So it's my company, but I actually 1099 other contractors. 
And we work for big brands, Home Depot, Neiman Marcus, um, Disney Resorts. And it's basically that people are getting paid to answer phones, right? Yes. And it's not a business that I have to like advertise or anything like that. It is literally, I'm fulfilling a need um, for these people and I'm hiring other contractors who want to stay and work from home. Because I mean, everybody, now that the world went crazy and people see like, I can work from home now, nobody wants to go back and sit in an office, right? So I have employees that literally will work the phones and take and work customer service for brands that people use every every day. And when they get paid, they pay me a fee and I go on about my business. You know what I mean? So there are passive ways to make income. Um, And I like that you brought that up because that takes us back to what we discussed earlier about how it's easier to make an extra 10K than it would be for you to save the 10K that year. Right. Because that involves like self-denial, that involves like discipline, that involves a lack, you know, of, of, of some sort. And it can lead to like the poverty mindset. What kind of mindset would you, um, would you say that people should have if they're coming from a place of, I'm just working to pay bills, I'm just working to pay bills. How would you really introduce this concept to them if they feel like they're already behind, you know, they're already behind the gun? Yeah. Um, you know, I have moments where I still feel like that, right? Like we're working towards a really big financial goal that we're trying to hit in the next six months. Um, and I literally told my husband like two days ago, like, I don't know if we can do it. Like, I just feel like it's not going to happen. I don't know if we can do it. And he's like, knock it off. Like, we'll be fine. Like, he don't, he don't really play into that. He's like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, like, (laughs) put your big girl pants on and let's get this done. I love Um, that. the mindset has to be an abundance mindset. Like you've made it this far and you've been able to pull through each time, but let's try not to pull through with such struggle, you know, find out what, like you get real creative. Like when you're broke, you get creative on how to make more money. Or if you are really determined to reach Mm -hmm. a goal for something, you're going to figure out how to make more money. You're going to find that side hustle. You're going to negotiate your, your salary at your current job. You're going to go apply to a new job. You're going to go update your LinkedIn and fix your resume. Like there's things that you're going to do to make sure that you are getting the top dollar and getting paid what you deserve to be paid um, in order to reach your goals. And I think having that abundance mindset and also trying to let go of that imposter syndrome of, you know, wow, why me? Like, I don't think I belong or I don't think I can do it. Um, And that's something that's really hard. Like I still deal with it, but then sometimes I just got to give myself a pep talk. Like, you, you know, gotta play some Beyonce. You just just realize, like, play on that girl. Cause I do that when yeah. I get into my little funk. Yeah. I'm like, let me just let me get myself together. It lasts a good couple minutes, and then it's like, child, you all right? You didn't you didn't made it through it all does. that. You're gonna be it fine. Does. Yep. Give yourself a some motivation music and, and imposter get to syndrome. Work. Definitely imposter syndrome. I'm glad that you mentioned that because that is such a real thing, and especially I feel like for women of our generation, right? Because I have met girls who are so talented. And I mean, primarily I work in hair. So I've met girls who are so talented in hair. And I'm like, yo, you are the best. Bird. And they're like, well, no. And, and they literally talk themselves out of taking it seriously. And it's like they talk until they convince themselves that they are not what they obviously are. And it's like, bro, mm-hmm. you are like amazing at this. You are. And they're like, well, no, I just, I just do this on the side. And it's like, no, that's your gift. You could change your whole life. If you decided to focus on what you're naturally good at that, that you actually like to do, like you could change everything about you, but you know, some, at some point we'll all come into contact with that, 
shadow side that's like, oh, you can you really do this? And we'll think about something that happened, you know, way back when, when somebody mm-hmm. said we weren't good enough. And it's like, that will resound louder than the opportunity. And that's unfortunate. What do you Between say that and that comes battling with that? I think it's that. And then also the comparison, you know, via social media, right? I know mm-hmm. it's like a completely separate conversation, but comparing yourself based off someone's highlight, bro, that'll keep you broke. You will never bro, be able nobody's to keep up. Failures. <laughs> exactly. You will never be able to keep up with the facade that's on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. You will never be able to keep up and you will go broke trying to keep up with what you think someone else is doing. You know, Absolutely. we see all of a sudden everybody drives a, um, you know, a Range Rover or a Benz and everybody's wearing designer and this and that. But you don't see that that car is probably a rental or like a quick lease that probably got repoed. You don't see that they might have the outfit on and probably returned it the next day after they took their yeah. picture. Like you don't see these things. And, you know, you think in your brain, like, wow, I should have that. Like, oh, I'm 30 years old. I should have this. this, this time. We have these, these checklists. And it's like, it really doesn't make sense because your timeline is your timeline and yeah. trying to keep up with someone else's time. That's going to keep you broke. You and have to are- focus on your own path, your own money, everything. I mean, I, Agree 100%. And not and just to put it into perspective, guys, for the if you're not dead, you're still young. It's no, it's never mm-hmm. too late to start something. It's never too late to chase after something or become what you always seen for yourself. So you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm behind because oh, such and such just bought a house. Oh, such and such just did this and that. And it's like we still have you still have time because, like you said, your timeline is your own timeline. So right. that is a very good point. Let's get into some of these comments. Sydney and Sarita, I'm going to need y'all to take y'all cornrow conversation over to the group chat because this is not the place. Now, don't make me come down there. Uh, Sydney also added, imposter syndrome is is also a mindset. It absolutely is. Hey, Shannon. Thank you for tuning in. Sydney says, team Honda forever. Freeze my money up for other things that add value to my life. Tweet says, I'm behind. Like, tweet. No, you're not. First of all, you are a published author. You are a married woman. You are a mother. You are a wife. You are a woman. You are doing great. Do not feel like you are behind. You are not behind anything. Uh, the rules are fake. <laughs> They're yeah, not real. Yeah. They're not real. Sydney said, nah, it was relevant. Scroll up. No, I'm not scrolling up for the cornrow talk. Now, y'all take that mess somewhere else. <laughs> But definitely, I do think, and I think we had a debate about this, not a debate, but a discussion about this one time where people feel like they are falling behind and they're feeling like, well, I'm still working this job. I should be here. Or I'm seeing, I'm feeling like people are passing me and they're getting promotions. How would you, how, how does having the right mindset help people out in those instances where they're just getting really down on themselves because they feel like they're behind the mark for where they see themselves, you know, by comparison? Well, nothing's going to change because they're seeing by comparison. Stop comparing yourself. If you want that promotion and you're not getting it there, go look at another company. And the best way to do that is like, look at the direct competitor in your industry, Mm. right? Like look at the direct competitor, look at the open requisitions they have there. If there is a job position that's related to what you do and is either a lateral move or level up, because you can still negotiate a good uh, increase salary increase yeah. with a lateral move. Um, start there, leave. You don't owe these jobs anything at all. Yeah, let me tell you something. You Generation Z, 
didn't, there is no, we are not doing that anymore. This is not the fifties. We do not kill ourselves for companies because when you die, they will replace you the next day. Generation Z has this figured out. I follow a kid. uh, His name is Dre Brown on Instagram. I love him. him. My favorite reel of his is the one where he's at the interview and he's like, well, what's, you know, what's my day-to-day role? And they're like, it's going to require free time. He's like, clack, like, nope. (laughs) I'm not doing this. Slam that laptop. I love him. But you know, so many. He has it right. He has it right. So many of us, I feel like, are still getting indoctrinated. And it's not really their fault, but I feel like it's the generation before us, our our moms, our dads, our, you know, grandparents, they worked for these companies until they literally, you know, worked themselves into the ground. I know for me, my great grandfather worked for DuPont. um, And he supported a family of six working at DuPont when he first came to uh, Penn's group. And um, he ended up getting um, the cancer that comes from asbestos. Is that me- mela, mystenoma? I can't pronounce me- me- Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mesothelioma. That's it. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Come on. We're, we're doctors. Um, it's mesothelioma. <laughs> he ended up getting that. He passed away in 1992. Um, but it made me think all this time and, and then and after that my uncles his sons went to work for dupont and they they worked there until they retired and they you know they had really comfortable lives but it really for me was a set a standard of you work for these companies until they basically kill you until until you're dead mm-hmm. until you're sick um and then when you die or when you get sick they bring in the next person it's like a it's like a factory so why not use those years of your life to pursue something, even a better position at a job that's going to maybe make you more money, but cost you less time. You know, so many people are working for companies that they, you know, don't really care about, or they're working in jobs that don't really pay them enough. And they still are away from their families 12 hours a day. I'm, I'm going to be away from my family anyway. Why not spend that time doing something that I actually love? That's going to pay me enough to support my family. Cause you're working all these hours and you're still barely getting by. Um, Wait, we got some comments. So Sydney says, she's, Sydney, she's still, de- she's still defending these cornrows, y'all. She said she was saying that <laughs> you can make a course out of what you know to make extra money. That is true. You can get on Teachable. Oh, yeah. You can get on Teachable and make a killing. I follow coaches who make millions of dollars a year to literally record themselves explaining how to do something. They publish it on the on the internet, and then they that's it. People buy the course, and they make money from that. Like it's amazing. Um, she says, like the woman who started the cornrow course. Yes, I'm. I'm the lady who started the cornrow course. I'm sure she is filthy rich right now. She's probably laughing her socks off at this. Um, Shannon said, "Comparison kills your calling." Absolutely, it does. Mm-hmm. She says they have life insurance on us. They don't care if you die. They do not. Um, yep. Yeah, Sydney said it's the courses. I agree. Um, if you can take small things that you like, even 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 when you said um, affiliate marketing, right? Mm-hmm. I seen you before you posted a product. I ended up going and buying the product. It was the bath bar, right? This is something that I could see you thoroughly enjoying. Like I, I get it. Like that was completely like on par with. Yeah you and your personality it's like oh yeah i need jasmine has a bath bar that holds up stuff and she can watch netflix and hold her little that was in there last night eating yeah. cake in the bathroom let me tell you so. something <laughs> best, <thing laughs> I ever. Bar. best investment i ever made girl i was just like you know but 
you can do stuff like that and just have people go and shop for stuff that you're using that you think they could benefit from. And then it's like, boom, that's generating income for you so that you're not having to rob Peter to pay Paul. You're making money off of just sharing what you use every day and what you like. For anybody trying to figure out how to get started with that, that's the Amazon um, influencer option. Yes. So you link it to either your TikTok or your Instagram, whatever. Start your Amazon storefront and post your stuff that you buy off Amazon and put on your storefront. You're buying the stuff off Amazon anyway, girl. Mm -hmm. That's me. I'm at the point now where I'm I'm having Amazon bring the packages to the garage because I don't need anybody in this house all up in my business on what I'm ordered every day. I've been good. <laughs> I've been good. I haven't. Um, Elijah was the last person to have an Amazon order last week. Oh, so okay. I've been very good. Yeah, not me. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely appreciate you. This was an awesome, awesome conversation. Thank you so much for coming by. We are thank getting ready to wrap me. up. I thank everybody who tuned in this week. Next week, we are on vacation. We talked about work-life balance. Girl, I'm out of here next week. I, I'm, I got stuff to do. Um, so I will see you guys in September where we will be focusing on mental health. I don't know what I should call mental health month. This month was fine month, financial education month, mental health. I don't know. I need to get creative with it. So I will see you guys week after next. Thank you for watching. Thank you, Jasmine, for your time. You guys check out Money and Momming on Instagram, on TikTok, your blog. There's a website. There's there's yeah. books. There's you guys. It's a wealth of information. You need to know these things. And I will see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you. No problem.